0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the 13th episode of The Drum Break, where we talk about everything in, on, and about the percussion world. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. So yeah, what do we got going on today?
1: Um, today, we have another guest. As you, If you've been keeping up with the podcast lately, we've been starting to get more guests on. Um, and we want to try to tell uh, some more drummers' stories, some of our friends' stories, stuff like that. And so we have uh, one of our awesome buddies, a super cool guy I met at college, Mr. Kabir Dalawari. What's going on Kabir? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for being on. Um, So yeah, we're just gonna talk a little bit with Kabir about um, sort of his personal drumming story, experiences, cool things, sort of uh, maybe opinions on different aspects of the drumming world. Um, but before we get into that, Mike is going to plug all of our stuff.
0: So, yeah, so you can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, uh our main Instagram and Facebook page, that's where we check the most, especially Instagram, and that's the drum break podcast. Um, but as far as listening to us, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and then an awesome app called Podbean. Uh, definitely check us out on Podbean uh if you don't have anything else because that is like where we go off of Podbean helps us, you know, do all this stuff. So we, yeah,
1: host our podcaster there. And actually if you are interested in starting your own podcast, uh, we have an affiliate link. You can use www.podbean.com slash drum Um, and you can get a month free of their podcast hosting. If you want to, if you have a buddy like, like us and want to start talking to the internet about stuff, it's a, it's a great service um so yeah is that yeah that's that's, about everything yeah um so we'll get started with with you Kabir um just a, a quick little uh introduction I guess for uh people who don't know you maybe um a little bit we'll go more in depth about about you as a drummer uh soon but just a little introduction um about like who you are what you do what you're main sort of sort of vibe is
2: um yeah cool yeah so i'm kabir um chicago-based drummer student composer um i uh i'm mainly a jazz drummer now uh super influenced by like the up and coming new york jazz scene like the modern jazz thing um wasn't always into that it's been a the past few years i've been into that but uh pretty deep in there now so trying to find my voice with all that stuff
1: yeah man cool sweet um so yeah K- kabir and i met uh when we're we're both at uh loyola chicago doing uh some some jazz school there yeah. um and <laughs> i he's uh a, a great older so i came in as a freshman he was a sophomore um and he was you know. A, not to flatter you right now, but a bit of a role model for me, at Thanks, least. Because um, I mean, the the jazz program at Loyola is great, but it's very small. Yeah. Um, and and Kabir was like the only other sort of serious jazz drummer um, besides me after coming in, so I definitely connected with him a lot uh, through that, and sort of got to meet a, a super cool guy. So um, let's get into uh going a little bit back in your drumming journey if you want to tell us um sort of how you got started with maybe music in general and drums maybe your first inspirations um and sort of your musical drumming journey up until now yeah start start uh, from the very beginning the
2: very so kabir was born (laughs) (laughs) it's been a bit of a roller coaster honestly uh a bit unconventional but yeah So. I think the most conventional part of it is I started playing with piano lessons, like I feel like most people, uh, when I was maybe six or seven years old and I absolutely hated it. Uh, had a terrible yep. teacher, um, thought I just didn't have fun with learning classical piano, you know? So I stuck with that for maybe six months and then I was like, I don't like music. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> music is actually, it's terrible. I hate it. So I think that was like second or third grade. Um. So then for those next two years, I didn't really play music. I I was actually like, my parents were super academically focused. I was like, just doing a bunch of extra stuff for school and whatnot. Um, But then my mom, when I was getting into fifth grade, she was like, all right, you're too much of a nerd. You need to do something outside of school. So she's like, join band. I'm like, all right, I'll join band. Um, And uh, we had like auditions for band in fifth grade, but it was more like placement, like what instrument you're interested in, what you want to play. And surprisingly enough, my first pick was actually flute, which is kind of hilarious. Whoa, dude, crazy! That's that's Another exactly what
0: happened to me too. First flute, play. okay, yeah.
2: yeah. So, so my first pick was flute, but uh, they one had a lack of percussionists, and two, uh, I guess they said because of my asthma, I didn't have the lung support to play flute. So they're like. <laughs> they're literally You're like, the same person literally the
0: same person see but i was more like uh i i wanted to play flute because i saw a guy on youtube beatbox the mario theme song while playing flute so i was like that's what i want to do
2: yeah, yeah I, w- I wanted to play flute cuz like my older cousin uh who's, who's like my um he's like a brother to me honestly he played flute so mm. super inspired me but uh yeah so they're like do you have any piano experience and i was like yeah i got like 2 years of piano experience I can barely read music. I know, Definitely like, serious piano. <laughs> I know, like, my C major scale. That's yeah. it. And they're like, okay, so we'll put you on percussion. And uh, so that was, like, fifth grade. And then, man, all these other percussionists, like, I feel like they had so much percussion experience that I had none. So I'd start off on, like, triangle and, like, cymbals. And I don't think I played snare drum for the first time until, like, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, um... I don't know. I guess I was like one of the worst people. So I wasn't super serious about it. But uh, I guess what made me serious about it, there was this girl who was in my grade. I'm not going to name her name because I don't want to like throw under the bus. But yeah. we're, we're cool now. But basically through middle school and high school, we had like a big rivalry about like who's the better drummer.
1: That's funny.
2: <laughs> and uh, she like had the natural gift for it. But I guess I had more of the work ethic. Mm. So I was always behind, but I worked my butt off in seventh, eighth grade throughout high school. And then um, high school came along, I got pretty serious about marching band, and that made the rivalry even more serious, we are like, who's going to get center snare, who's going to oh, get center yeah. snare? Right. <laughs> uh, my first two years, I didn't make snare, and she did. Uh, I was on bass my first two years, and then my third year, as a junior, I made snare. We both did, but I got center snare, which I don't know how that makes oh. any sense, because I didn't have any experience on snare, but I guess the faculty just saw I was going at it, and I was trying really hard, or whatever. So that changed everything for me because I was like, okay, it's not really about where you start or your experience. It's about what you do in the moment. Mm. So I guess that year really changed it for me when I was about 16, 17, junior year. And I was like, I want to get serious about drums. Um, And throughout this time, I was playing drum set, obviously. Uh, Like I was in jazz band and whatnot. But uh, marching band was definitely my thing at first in high school. Mm. Um, So then what? what made me serious about drum set which kind of concurrently happened with all this i was super into like pop punk progressive um mathy music oh yeah man yeah so i i was like super into like uh, time signature stuff and like linear patterns and i I feel like that's every
1: sort of early like teenage drummer dude like I, math rock yeah
0: chops. dude and every like as you keep talking i'm like in my head i'm like where was this kid when we were in yeah. high school like you should have been in our high school the same
1: experience literally
0: we we literally to the t have had the same experience
1: it's so funny
2: <laughs> yeah actually uh you guys probably know luke holland right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i actually took a few lessons with luke holland around this time too no way which is super super cool um yeah. a really nice guy Not the greatest teacher, but he does just, like, give you stuff. He, like, gives you everything. Like, he gave me all these concepts and, like, rhythmic displacement ideas that blew my mind as a high schooler. Because I would have never thought that stuff. Like, it all makes sense now, after all these years. But back then, I was like, whoa. (laughs) Uh, So, that was kind of game-changing for me. Um, And, uh, yeah, throughout this whole time, I was in Jasmine. But I didn't really like jazz. I just liked the drum set. I like the drum set. I was in a few bands. Um we played like soul music. One was like a pop punk band, one was more like a fusion kind of thing and uh I guess my drum set chops just kept getting better and better, but um no, I didn't really like jazz. So what changed it for me with jazz was I think it was I think it was my, ju- I think it was my junior year. Um we went to the New Jazz Festival every year. Um yeah. And I remember watching all those like high schoolers and those combos. And I'm like, how do you play like that? Like, oh, man. who taught you how to do that? Because we didn't even have combo in our high school. We only had the big band. Yeah. So I had no experience playing in small group. I had no idea how any of that worked. And I'm just like seeing these guys like super interactive, super in the moment. I'm like, how are you able to do all that? It,
1: it's so amazing, especially even in this area. It's like there's some pretty high level high school jazz musicians yeah well it's crazy
0: especially you know because like you said Trier, they don't have a marching band Mm -hmm. so that's all they do is jazz band and concert band so like that's that like that and you know we went there too we were you know for our high school we were there as well so we know exactly what you're talking about it's just like some of those kids are just ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah,
2: and i was like how do they do that and um i guess luckily with my personality i took that as inspiration instead of like Lack of motivation, like losing motivation. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people do. You know, it's like you see people. I mean, I still till this day. um This young drummer, ragav Malotra. Uh, you guys seen him on Instagram? Oh yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like fifteen, sixteen, and he so plays good. everything I want to play, but like ten times better. I'm like, wow, I should give up. Kenya, and, or like JD Beck. JD Beck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I I should just stop now. Yeah. And I've talked to people about it and they're like, uh, they have a bit of a negative connotation towards that. They're like, nah, I can't learn from someone younger than me. And I'm like, I mean, I would transcribe them if I want, like, if I really want to learn how they play, I'll transcribe them. Um, it's, I,
1: I think it's, it's sort of something one of my buddies has told me it's like age, like your, your physical age and like your musical age, I guess, um, are like separate so even Mm -hmm. though people like jd beck are you know younger than me and it might be like oh man you are learning from a 15 year old um you know musically as a drummer he's you know way older than me quote so yeah i mean you can always find stuff to to learn um you know from people in that way
2: yeah i think i think it's fascinating like those kind of people can find their niche that fast Cause like just like with my story, like it took me like all trying all this stuff out to really figure out what I want to do musically. But it's like figuring that out when you're a, like a child, like that's like I feel like that's just crazy special gene or something. Like you're just born for that. Like actually, you know. Yeah. Um. So like to finish off my story, I guess. Uh, yeah, our jazz program wasn't great, but uh, I took I took lessons with um this teacher who teaches at Saint Xavier University, which was about twenty minutes from my house. He was a drum set teacher there. Uh, his name is Brett Baxter. And he, in my, like, I studied with him for about six months. And those six months, he really opened up to me, like, what jazz is. You know, he gave me a lot of good records to listen to. Um, like, the most fundamental comping stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, but he taught all that to me. And I think that really opened it up for me. And I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to understand how this works. And uh, at that point, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in college. Um, I was kind of leaning towards pre-med, but I wanted to still do music. So I was like, maybe I'll go to Loyola because, you know, they have a really good medicine kind of thing. And uh, Brett's the one that told me, he's like, John is like, incredible drummer. I, like, I hadn't heard of him yeah, at it's... that time. I hadn't heard of him at that time at all. But he's like, I would take lessons from him. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so then I uh, I ended up uh, I ended up picking Loyola. And I don't regret it at all. Like you were saying, you know, it's a small jazz program, but, um, to add to your point, I think the faculty, all all of them are just,
1: Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
2: And I don't go to uh,
0: the school that you guys go to. Um, but I can say that out of most of the jazz things that I've seen, they've all been killer. Like it's small, but everybody's there because they want to be there and they want to play. And like jazz is the thing that they're doing. And it, it probably helps because you're, you know, in the city and where there's city, there's jazz. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what, at least I tie it to, um, you know, but yeah, you guys are always like killing it, you know, wherever you're playing and whatever you're playing. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, for right. sure. And I have, I have a, I have a student right now who's a senior in high school and he's like trying to go to jazz school and he was asking about like Loyola and like other programs. Cause I, I mean, I have a, at this point, I have a bunch of friends that went to like all these other co- so I have like I heard like the T and like the good the pros and cons yeah. and he's like, how did you like do well at Loyola? And I'm like, I think it's because one the faculty and two I took that extra time to really explore the city, you know, and try networking and meeting people and going to shows and stuff. Because I think that's what it really is. Like, the school is just like a a little box for you, you it's, know. Yeah, like yeah. the school's the school's not gonna give you everything. You're not gonna come out of the school and have like a a touring gig. No, yeah, like yeah. that just. It's just providing you a place to learn, it's, like it's the practice. people, it's the experiences and,
1: you know, nothing to knock any of these um, jazz programs like in other states or stuff like that, because I'm sure that like, you know, the faculty there and the people there are great, but you're going to like jazz school in I don't know, champagne or something or somewhere else. It's just not the same as as being in Chicago. I'm sure there is a scene there, but mm-hmm. it, it it's just a little bit different. Yeah. No. Just,
0: just like you said, like the, the main, like at the end of the day, like we play music because we love to, but the only way we do so is by talking with other people and networking. That is the biggest part of music in general. And, you know, cause if you can't do that, then you have no shows, then there's no point in practicing cause you're not making any money and, you know, whatever it may be. If you, if that's how you think, mm. you know, like you said, it's just like, I'm sure i don't I don't you know like three jazz clubs out of the top, off the top of my head that I've been to or mm. four maybe that I've been to and I'm sure there's hundreds of more that I have no idea about you know and most of them have been with you guys you know going <laughs> to see you guys play yeah. and stuff. and it's just like that's the cool thing about it. It's just like a bunch of people who just love jazz and they just like hey man, like that was really good. you know, you should come to my rehearsal sometime like come come play with us yeah. and be like
1: yeah for sure or whatever it maybe. It, so. It's definitely the social aspect that I think draws a lot of people to the music.
2: Yeah. At Loyola, like my first year here, yeah, before you were there and where it was, it was like nearly no one. Uh there's a senior trumpet player who was a jazz major. There's some guy who went to law school and came back for a second degree who was a jazz major. And then it was Eric who's not a jazz major, uh, but Eric is insane oh, so crazy um, and i uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a quick uh shout out to eric because i think he was my like role model when i got here mm. um i remember we had our first big band rehearsal and it was like all right you know like loyal to big man it was all right mm, yeah. it was cool <laughs> but uh he took a solo and i was like wow that guy can play and i was like i gotta like become his friend like somehow i gotta be his friend and somehow we ended up in combo together and we developed a really good friendship but. Uh, Man, I think he really turned it around for me too. Like he introduced me to a lot of really good music, and till this day, he still holds me so accountable. Like, mm. like we still play together all the time. But he's always like, "Hey, dude, you you could have done that better," or something like that. Like out of like, like love, like not on a bad way, but it's yeah, like, of course. He's like a big brother kind of like, even though he's only like a year older than me. It's just uh-huh. he's got that like older like wisdom. Yes, <laughs> oh totally. So um, he's
1: turned around for me a lot. But yeah, yeah, I I feel like that's. A, a sort of common thing with with musician friends is that mm. the people who sort of stay the best friends are also the people who hold each other accountable mm-hmm. musically um, <laughs> that's how that's how mike and i got to be such good friends that yeah like one of us would would sort of move up and and we'd be like hey man how do you do that how do you do that how can i get better at this yeah and we'd just keep uh going back and forth with each other and i find that is the same with um some of my other, you know, best musical friends that we have that sort of level of um of our friendship where we can say, hey man, that um you could have done that better. Uh let me help you, you know, sort of thing. Um, which I think is really important. And it's it's great that uh you have someone like that in Eric and we have people like that. I think every musician should have someone like that.
2: Dude, I even have that in you, Spencer. I remember I think uh junior year, I was like walking in Mundaline and, and I heard Someone practicing. I thought it was John, dude. It was you. You were killing oh, it. Man. I'm not even joking. That that happened. I never told you, but like, no, that definitely happened. Dang, so I think thanks, we can man. all we can all learn from each other and definitely. Gotta keep it all positive and love-based. That's the only way to grow, you know? Yeah, man. Um Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: <laughs> uh, love-based, bro. For sure, for sure. For so yeah. uh it was sort of your your drumming story. Awesome to hear all that stuff. Um, I wanted I thought, to yeah. to touch on one. Uh, thing that you mentioned before um, about your uh, sort of uh, want to to go to medical school Mm, before Um, uh, I feel like at least maybe for me when I was younger and a lot of young musicians it can be sort of um, intimidating I guess to uh, quote maybe like put all your eggs in one basket and like go to music school and do that as your only thing were you i think you touched on this a little bit were you more thinking of um neuroscience is it your your other major yeah you thinking of that more as uh like sort of a backup plan or maybe music was the backup plan mm. or are you trying to think of them more as sort of interconnected pieces of one
2: sort of career <laughs> that you might want to i, I think know. i think from my college career i've been in all three of those positions and i think uh I have this conversation with people a lot of my age and even younger, like if I'm talking to someone about college, it's really hard to know what you really want when you're 17, 18 years old, you know? It's crazy. You know, we're seniors in high school and high school is just kind of an illusion, you know? You're just doing a lot of fun extracurricular stuff, obviously you're learning a little bit, but it's a lot about it is just like growing as a person and meeting friends and stuff, so how do you have the maturity to make that decision when you haven't experienced anything yet? Right. And I feel like your first couple years of college when you're on your own and whether you're in the city or you're like you have a car, you're driving around, that's when you get to meet people and learn what's really out there. So I guess when I first got to Loyola, my plan was med school, music on the side, because I do like music. It's a passion of mine. Halfway through, half and half, you know, I want to do I still consider this like I want to do like a Ph.D., like music cognition kind of thing. Right now, it's almost flipped. Like, I'm I'm going to do a master's in jazz studies at this point. You know? Yeah,
1: I, I want to say congratulations. You got into, you just yeah. posted on Facebook some pretty prestigious uh, higher education
2: <laughs> programs in jazz. So just congrats <laughs> on that, man. Big, Thank big you. stuff. Yeah, so like now it's kind of flipped. And um, I would not be surprised if there were still a little more decision making because I'm still young, you know. Exactly. (laughs) We're in our early, like, super early twenties, like, um, so, yeah. But to go on your point that uh, it's hard to put all your eggs in one basket. I think that's a lot of just society. You know, it's very um, difficult for anyone that's not an artist to accept art as a career Mm. in any sort of way. You know, even though all they do in their free time is listen art, watch art, look at art, appreciate yeah. art. Yeah. Like, like where do you probably, think that comes from? <laughs> you know, like probably more of their day than they're working, they're uh, appreciating some sort of art, whether they know it or not. So that's society thing. And I think um only you or I or can figure that out for themselves what really means something to yeah, us. Sure. You know
1: because so, I, I definitely felt that way a little bit. I you know from high school I I always knew that music was like what I wanted my life to sort of revolve around yeah um but you know when when we were getting up there senior year everyone was you know saying oh i'm going to this school i'm going to this school i started you know maybe second guessing was like is music like the most viable thing for me to do right now like it, i don't know it was just sort of and you know i'm sure a lot of other musicians have this sort of i don't know imposter syndrome type thing it's like well oh mm. man these these guys are so much better than me how how am i even going to make a career for myself in this um so i did experience some uh something like that where it's like oh man i'm not sure um and then once i got to to school it's like i don't know i you just start learning all this new stuff and and gaining more appreciation for it than maybe you even had before um And I also uh, discovered that I wanted to add a psychology major because a little bit maybe to to have a sort of backup plan like you were um, talking about. But I also had an interest since high school. Some uh, someone came over from, I think, maybe like Western Illinois University or something um, and gave a talk. And they're like, oh, this there's this thing called music therapy. Yeah. Like, wow, that's so cool. And it. It sort of left my mind since high school. Um, But in college, I started getting interested in it again. It's like, maybe that's something I want to do with my life. And so I picked up the the psychology major. Um, It's been a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Science has been a lot of work.
0: (laughs) When you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just neuroscience. (laughs) Whatever, like <laughs> a neuroscience on the side and jazz is the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What?
2: I'm like, what?
0: Like that's crazy. I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm so happy that you can actually do that because my brain would not be able to do that. It's
2: mm. it's hard, man. Yeah. You know, and I've uh I've I've taught I I have had so many lessons with John. Like I'm I'm thankful John's such a like understanding and great teacher. Oh, man. I'm like oh. I'm like Last week, I couldn't practice. I had like three exams and I yeah. had like a, a gig or two. Like, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool, man. And, and the same like, <laughs> I feel like music is one of those things
1: where it's sort of deceptive how much work you actually have to put in. Mm. And, you know, you combine that with with neuroscience and or a, even a different major, an yeah. additional major. And it's like it it can get to be a lot, you know, but um, I, i think it just boils down to you know your passion for it and if you'll find time and you'll be able to work it out if if it's something that you uh you're really interested in, yeah that
0: you super care about it's just like you know see i've i've on the you know going off of what you said both of you like you know splitting the the music eggs basket thing um yeah That's, that's all I'm doing. Like I, you know, there was this thing in our high school where it was like, Oh yeah. You know, um, try out for like our music teachers conference thing or future music educators thing. Mm. And I did it and I didn't make it even though that I, I was like, I killed it, dude. I, I like, you know, everybody told me I killed it. Like, and then I, I didn't end up making it. And this other girl went, she was like oh i'm gonna do music education so super passionate about it Uh and then she goes to college two years in or not even like a year in just quits music education and like me i'm over here like you know how much that would have helped me Mm -hmm. if i just did that like and and nobody just like stopped me from doing that because then the following year they didn't have it so like i couldn't i couldn't do it again and so like it sucked super bad but like yeah man i mean
2: it's weird, you know. That's back to my point where it's like in high school, you think you want something, but you don't really know yet. Like, exactly. you haven't experienced anything. Oh, I want to study music because that's all I know. That's why a lot of people major in music. Mm-hmm. like, that's all I know. Not because they think they could actually put the time it's and the like work it's, into it. It's what I'm good work. at
1: right now, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. and that's just, th- this could be a, a, a whole different conversation about, like, college in general, <laughs> I feel <Yeah>. like. <laughs> uh, like this sort of transition between high school and college and putting all these kids asking them to sort of, I guess, decide their lives when they're, (laughs) you know, 17, 18 years old. Um, That's why I know a lot of people um, who just like took gap years and, and wanted to go um, sort of experience life more, I guess. Yeah. Um, And there's like pros and cons to each going to college right away, taking a gap year, not going to college, um, what have you, but I think is, yeah, it it's tough. It's tough for young people. And it's still tough for, you know, 20 twenty somethings to to try and find a path in life.
2: Yeah. And I, I strongly advocate that it's never too late to figure that out. And uh gonna give another shout out to one of my other mentors, Dana Hall. You guys oh probably course. know Dana yeah. Hall. Yeah, you know, he's like he's like the Chicago drummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh you guys might know this might not. He worked for NASA before like i I just recently found that out i was reading up
1: on him for whatever reason and i saw he's like his first degree is like aerospace something like what
2: yep yep so and i mean and now he's undisputed like chicago drum set king (laughs) right god Yeah. yeah uh both educator and performer so it's like he figured it out when he was in his 30s we're not 20 like everyone put so much pressure on your 20s but we're still yeah, very young it's like still a lot to learn you know uh-huh.
1: there are so many you know people that we would consider jazz legends of past who got their start when they were like 20 yeah. 25 30 years old and like now we look back on them and they're like oh man these guys are are so great they must have been playing since they were out of the womb, but yeah. that's just you know,
0: you know, and and it's different too, because you said like you know, looking back, there's all these great you know jazz musicians and, and musicians in general, like you know, there's all these great people, but like if you think about it from then to now, like now there's so much pressure to have to go to college, mm-hmm. find a good job, mm-hmm. and to be in that job right out of college, making. You know, three figures. Like they push that so hard. You know, at least at our high school that we went to, that was it. Like if you didn't do that to the T, like you're a failure. Like you're you're less than everybody else. Like and it sucked because like there's a lot of kids there who probably would have met like made really awesome musicians. Mm. But like unfortunately, like just because society and you know things cost more and you know people are so focused around money, like they choose you know a different route but are still playing music on the side you know or or not at all like there's a lot of kids that you know we've seen that are like great and then they just like stop playing music
1: so it's weird topic i wanted to hit on um which is sort of i guess your experience with private music education because i know that you teach a lot of lessons um and Uh, not a lot but yeah uh, well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> apparently yeah, like, are pretty good yeah. from this the stuff that i've seen um <laughs> like reviews from students and stuff so i i just wanted to maybe pick your brain a little bit um okay. about sort of your your process um when it comes to that because uh, private lessons is, is something that i feel like can be very subjective mm. um you know based on the student or the teacher or what have you so um I don't know if if you wanted to share just a little bit of your experience with that and maybe like um, what's the age range you yeah, teach and you know, what sort of yeah. things that tools that you use you find or something to, to educate the, the youngins.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on this because I feel like I'm still a student um, mm. myself, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Um, and I think to, to, give a preface to, like, talking about lesson in general. I think it's really hard to teach private lessons unless it's through, like, an institution of some sort, whether it's, like, a small music school or, like, a high school, middle school, whatever it is. Because, um, at least in my experience, I'm sure everyone has different experiences, but when you have, like, a private student that just hits you up, it tends to be very inconsistent. Um, mm. You know, there's gonna be weeks where Maybe they are sick, you know, or maybe they had a... Maybe they can't make the lesson that week. But um, just the consistency and the effort isn't usually there with that kind of thing. And the students I have had that have just like either hit me up like on Instagram or like via email, that maybe lasts like two three months max. And then they move on. Uh, and my like solid experience teaching was when I, um, it was, let's see, 2019 winter into like 2020, right before COVID. So, like, those, like, eight months, I luckily, thankfully, got, like, a partnership with Sen High School, um, which is, like, a high school right by Loyola, um, and I taught three of the percussion students there, and it was super cool, because Sen paid for the lessons, so, mm-hmm. like, the students didn't have to pay for it, and, uh, which is nice, because, you know, Chicago public schools aren't funded super well anyways, and maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. more likely than not, probably couldn't afford private lessons, um. So that was really cool. And those three students are really serious, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And in terms of like my methods of teaching, I think a lot of that's adapted from how I've been taught. Uh, And then, you know, just like slightly adjusted based on a student's learning style. Um, Like one of my students, uh, the one who's going to college right now that I briefly mentioned about earlier, we we just had our last lesson, which is bittersweet. Oh man. (laughs) That's also another, (laughs) that's another thing to talk about. But yeah, uh, he was like, I wanna learn how to play jazz, come kind of want to go to jazz school. So I was like, All right, let's go, let's go. <laughs> comping, our art of bop, drumming, comping, yeah. we're gonna learn some solo vocab, talk about Elvin, Tony, all this good stuff. Like that was killing. Like I didn't even have to think about those lessons. So I was like, mm-hmm. that's all I've worried about the past four or five years. Right. The other two students that were just like, I wanna play drums, that's a lot more tough. Cause um I think it's really important to know why you wanna play drums and sometimes younger people can't articulate that super well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could have articulated it when I was 15, 16 either. I was just like, yeah. I like I like drums. I don't know why. I just like drums. They're cool. And I'm and I'm like, what kind of what drummers do you like? They don't know that many drummers yet. Like I like Thomas Pridge and I was like, okay, well uh, I don't know if that's the first thing we could start with. Well uh, what about like what kind of music do you like? Oh, I like pop music. I was like, all right, well, maybe we can just talk about like funk grooves or backbeat based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I think, uh, the most success from lessons is usually when the student has some sort of inspiration and then the teacher can like take that and mold it into something or help guide them to that. And I've noticed that in my experience too, cause I've taken a bunch of one-off lessons with like really good drummers. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Luke Holland earlier, but even like in the past few years, um, like I've taken lessons with Dana Hall. I took a lesson with George Flutus, who's another mm-hmm. really good Chicago drummer, um, uh, New York drummer Kwaku Sumbri. I don't know if you know who he is. Okay. He's on uh, Emmanuel Wilkins' new album.
1: Oh, okay. I'll have to check that out. He's
2: killing and he's like super young. I think he's 24. I'm like, shoot. Like, I took a lesson with him. Um, Who else? Kyle Poole, who's another New York drummer. So I've done a bunch of these one off lessons. And the more and more I do them, I've come to realize it's like I need to know what I want to get out of the lesson Mm. before going there. Yeah, for sure. So that's why it's, that's why it's harder to teach younger students because they don't really know that yet. So you yeah. have to kind of force something on them and hope they like it and adjust and adjust and adjust. But
0: yeah, well, thank you for 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 telling me about that, too, because I, I know you focus with more younger kids. Um, And is that like middle school, too? Or
2: Uh, I had one. Yeah, I had one student that was like in middle school, but that is another, Uh, you know, Problem with it where they're probably even less focused or determined. Yeah. yeah. And I know there are people out there, like there are kids out there that really have a passion for it, but a lot of them, it's because their parents are kind of forcing it on them. Hmm. Um. I don't know. And then yeah. I tend, I notice, like with those kids, shorter lessons work better too. Like I, I, if someone's not in high school, I would not give them more than a thirty-minute lesson, more likely than not, unless it, unless we've been working together already, I can tell that they can handle yeah. it. Because then it just I don't know, they lose focus or just not as super productive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and like you said, you know, like some of the, the younger kids like don't really have that passion mm-hmm. yet for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like the best thing as teachers that I think that we can do is, you know, we're just like, this is such a cool thing. Like, let me show you how passionate I am about it. Yeah, And, you yes. know, and then they see that and they're like, wow, well this, you know, this, this guy, this teacher is like, like screaming and yelling uh, about how much he loves drums like yeah. drums must be pretty cool or you know whatever right. you're teaching you know must so be pretty teach cool. by
1: example and have them like you know through osmosis i guess of your <laughs> passion for it right um, and i guess sort of i guess i could develop
2: i gave a bit of the negative side first but that is the positive side yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. all my students i introduced them to a lot of music of all kinds of genres and most of them are like whoa we didn't know there's music beyond the radio kind of thing, you know? Like mm. they haven't grown up in a culture like that where maybe their parents or their friends introduced them to all this cool music that maybe I had when I was younger.
1: Yeah.
2: It's like when they think of jazz, they think of like in the mood and take five. They don't realize that <laughs> there's, there's Tony Williams, Art yep. Blakey, Elvin Jones, all this Damn. like super intense cool stuff. Um, or even like like Glasper, like today, or like Kamasi Washington where it's like mm. hip hop influenced jazz, which most people really resonate with yeah um and then they like that and then they're like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back in time that was kind of my thing you know i started war with the mom stuff and i went a little back in time
1: yeah yeah um, I, I feel like that's that's a really good way to get people into new music is to sort of introduce them to something tangentially related to stuff that they already yeah. like and then you know maybe take them further down the rabbit hole well this is actually <laughs> you know it comes from this which comes from this and pretty soon they're you know uh singing charlie parker solos or whatever yeah you know? dude um, I, I, that's the only way right <laughs> yeah
0: so you've you've mentioned a bunch of stuff about like doing the jazz thing and and being the jazz guy um so we're, we're just going to stay on that uh topic i guess um sure so, so like what is like what like what do you listen to like what are your things like is it just like the standard notion of jazz or is it like what are these subcategories that you just like can't get away from
2: oh that's a really good yeah. question <laughs> and uh that's a hard question to answer because i want to say my palette is very diverse but i, I don't even want to say that because i know there's people that have much more diverse palette yes. than me but i'd say I'm, I'm i have a relatively diverse palette um and i try to keep i try to um stick with some kind of whether it's era of time or artist or drummer, whatever the case is for at least a week or two weeks or a month at a time. I don't, I'm not a fan of, you know, having a huge playlist of a bunch of unrelated music Um, because I feel, I feel like let's, Oh, I feel like there's two, t- there's two uh times and places to listen to music. Obviously you can listen to it for fun, but mm-hmm. then you can obviously learn it to like educate yourself and take something from it. And as a, Jazz stu- studies <laughs> student. Yeah. Um, I think majority of my listening should be intentional. Um, so, uh, like right now, I I usually tend to focus on two to three drummers at a time. Maybe substitute one of those drummers for a another instrument player. Um, so, like right now, I'm listening a lot of Roy Haynes, who I think is my favorite drummer at the time mm. right now. Um, a lot of Roy Haynes. Um, Marcus Gilmore, who's his grandson. Yeah. Who's al- they're both still alive, actually. Rohan's is 96. He just turned 96. Man. Uh, I, hey, hope, I hope I hope live to 96. Still playing? <laughs> yeah, his grandson, Marcus, who uh, is maybe 30-ish now. I don't know his exact, exact age. And then, um... Uh, Kweku Sumbri, the, the guy I mentioned I took a lesson with. Yeah. Only charged me 20 bucks for a lesson. God. Dang. For 30 minutes? No, for an hour. What? Yeah should have been like dang i'm like i would charge more than that i I was like i was like i should i should charge like 10 bucks at that rate yeah yeah right uh but that was like the first lesson right (laughs) he's like if you do more probably more but Uh one lesson was enough for me um but yeah so and i try to listen to the connection between that music you know like roy haynes okay now see The jazz police is going to come for me because, you know, there's uh, so many ways to look at certain things. (laughs) But in my opinion and from my understanding and my experience, I think Roy Haynes is really the first or one of the first people to uh, start phrasing on the ride symbol away from the traditional spang-a-lang pattern. And it's going to get drummy and nerdy for a sec. That's That's what it's for, bro. (laughs) That's (laughs) why we're here is to get drummy and nerdy. But I... I for me, that sound, when the ride cymbal is the anchor and all the comping is based on what the ride cymbal is doing, that sound just, it's so special to me. Like, it me mm-hmm. like, I just, that's how I want to play. Like, that's what speaks to me. For whatever reason, I, I can't put it into words. It's just a different kind of energy. And he, like, if you look at the records from that time, it's, not many people do that. And if they do, it's very sparsely. Mm. But Roy, it's like, he'll play an entire song without the hi-hat on two and four. Like, where like the ride cymbal is yeah, just, man. like, playing, like, groupings of five, grouping of seven, whatever it is. And he makes it work so well. And he was, like, a pioneer to that. And, uh, like, him and Chick Corea. Chick Corea also recently mm-hmm. passed away. Rest in peace. Another legend. But yeah, they both really pushed jazz to, I think, what it is today. And then you listen to his grandson, Marcus Gilmore, he's taking those ideas to like an alien platform. (laughs) Yeah. Where so good, man. Where I, I I could, I know in like 60, 70 years from now when we're all like, well, maybe not like 40, 50 years from now. I was going to say, uh... hopefully we're alive in 60, (laughs) 70 years, but like 40, 50 years when we're like older people that we talk about our times, mm -hmm, there are going to be these books about Marcus Gilmore's comping and how to solo like Marcus Gilmore. And I'll be like, where was this? I was a kid, right? (laughs) Um, Can't wait. But, uh, no yeah so just listening to that lineage i think just those two drummers there's so much to learn but then there's so many other great drummers so yeah. i think i'm on a bit of tangent but i hope that kind of makes sense i try connecting what i'm listening to yeah um, like if, if i'm listening to someone modern i try listening to who influenced them like um like when i listen to eric harland i try listening to tony williams at the same time because mm. i'm not I hear the influence I'm I don't 100% know that that's his main influence yeah. but it sounds like it to me so I, I go with that
0: yeah what do they say you're like you're like uh I don't know the exact figure but it's like you're 80% your teacher and like you know the rest yourself mm-hmm. like you know that 20% or whatever if whatever math works out for that Whatever. Man. um you know it's just like you said like you know and, and that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. I, I never thought about that because now I'm going to be doing that all the time. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's such a cool thing to do. Cause we've had this conversation before just recently with a couple of our other music friends. Like, yeah. can you listen to music while you're doing like mundane tasks around the house? Because some people can't like mm. some musicians can't like, I can't, I can just listen to music yeah. and not pay attention to it. And just like, it's just in the background, like even when I'm like studying or whatever it may be, but like actively listening to music and then taking that to another level to then listening to what that person was listening to.
2: Getting so meta. No, I mean, I think listening to music for fun is definitely a thing. I would never listen to new music for fun though. Like not, sorry, (laughs) what is the wrong word? (laughs) Leisurely, leisurely, leisurely. (laughs) I would never like, if someone's like, Hey, check out this album. I think you might dig it. Whether it's a friend or a teacher of mine. I'm not going to put that on while I'm like working out. Like yeah, that's, I, that's like disrespectful I, I think sort of, of anything. I feel like too. Like the music I listen to
1: leisurely is stuff that I already know. Yeah, and, you know that at the back yeah. of your hand. Yeah, oh, right. Wow. Um <laughs> But <yeah.
0: laughs> I don't know why but the Black Eyed Peas just popped in my head for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like I was about to be like do you listen to Black Eyed Peas leisurely?
1: It's like or actively. <laughs> I actually listen to Black Eyed Peas actively. There's a lot of <laughs>
0: Gotta gotta see what Fergie's doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So like, yeah.
0: You you mentioned that you've led uh, or you've been a part of uh, a bunch of bands. Have you ever have you ever like led any bands? Like you're like
2: the band leader. I know that's like a weird <laughs> thing in the jazz world. The Kabir but... Dalawari experience. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like the main group I play with a lot now, and I I know Spencer's seen Vision a bunch of times. I'm mm. I I I don't know if you've seen us or maybe you've seen videos of us. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, um, that's as close to it as it gets right now, and that's like co-led. Like, I guess I'm technically the leader because I book the gigs and um, I like organize rehearsals. But the music we play is always co-written. Yeah. So it's like if we play a set of two sets of like six songs each set, maybe four out of those twelve will be mine. Okay. Three or four would be like the guitarist. Three or four would be the piano player. So how is like how do you deal
0: with you know? managing i don't want to say managing but like leading a band on and off stage so like you mentioned that you know off stage would be like making the gigs and doing the rehearsals and co-writing some of the pieces so i guess you answered that part of the question so then what about mm-hmm. like on stage are you the one who's like calling out stuff while you're playing
2: yeah um i think since this group has history and chemistry like we've played together for maybe 2 years now which i think isn't a long time but it's long enough um where we know like the circulating music pretty much and when someone writes a new song usually they're responsible enough to get it to everyone a couple weeks out and we learn it you know and we all know our writing style at this point um where like i like when a guitarist writes a song i i know what he's going to want he wants to do it a little heavier Little Mark <laughs> Juliana as like complicated yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's just like that's his sound. Yeah. And then there's gonna be one section where it's like a breakdown where I on oh, my trash crash. That's his sound. You <laughs> yes, know? I'm
1: not... and no, it, it's great. Oh it's God, great. Yeah. It's but so like nice. I know
2: I know how to I know how to approach his music, and I think that's what's cool about co-leading a band. On the other hand, like if I got hired to play all original music with someone I don't know, mm. now that's tough because it's yeah. like, what do you want me to sound like? Is there a certain record you want (laughs) me to like reference? Like, how do you want me to play? Especially if it's original music, I think that's like one of the coolest and hardest things about playing original jazz. Mm. Is you're not like relying on the Spangolang quarter like ride symbol pattern. Yeah, you're playing basically. You're you're writing your own part. Yeah, right. It's like you have the melody, and maybe some indication by the uh, composer. Usually, not even that. Usually, they'll give you the melody and be like, "Play." Mm -hmm. What do I play? Right. Um, and I yeah, think that's I think, I think it's cool when you are like close with the other band members where you can talk about it. Like we workshop our ideas. Cool. Um, to the point where it's like, everyone kind of knows what my drum part is, even though if there's variation, cause obviously I'm not going to play the exact same thing every time it's on a pop record. Oh, <laughs> <But like, laughs> <Ooh. laughs> shots like, but, but like, they'll know like, <laughs> like where I, where I put the backbeats for the most part, or like what part of the two and I'll go to the ride bell, something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think
1: that goes back to, you know, the whole social aspect that mm. I think draws people to this music. It's, mm. it's such like such a collaborative medium, especially in jazz um, and stuff like that. But before I think we're just about starting to wrap it up here, we have some more fun questions. But before yeah. we get into that, um, just maybe a little brief thing, if you have like maybe a specific Super cool drumming story or experience, or maybe something things, funny. Yeah, something funny, something you're excited about in the future. Just sort of whatever. Is cool
0: on your things, mind. stupid yeah, stories, whatever. Stupid, just, as long as they're, you know, PG-13. PG thirteen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh he's like, I don't have any of those. Yeah, sorry to put you on I, the spot. I don't know. I guess there's this one time. Um, me and one of my best friends, uh, who is also like one of my competition in high school. Uh, his name's Steve. Spencer, you, you probably know Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to high school together, and we we always. It's kind of a similar relationship with like what you guys have, I would say. Mm. Um, but like our senior year of high school, <laughs> there is like a pep rally parade kind of thing, and we we're both marching snare. And there's like all these football players and cheerleaders everywhere. And they're like have a drum battle, drum battle, <laughs> drum battle. <laughs> and we were like so awkward and uncomfortable about it because we're like what? And then we had a we had a drum battle. It's on video, it's terrible. Um. You have to send me this. <laughs> it's 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 got awful. Yeah, right? and we need to see this. Yeah. It's got awful, and we're like basically like trading like solos of like maybe eight bars or something. Okay. And um, the the crowd is dead. Like no one's vibing with it. I'm like, "What well, I'm like, why happening? And then like in my mind, I'm like, if I do a stick flip, I'm gonna lose their. Shit. I do a I do like some kind of roll rudiment thing, put my stick and nail it, and I was like, ah, dude, I was like, freaked out, That's so and, and then. And then he did the same thing. And then the energy was just like crazy. It was so funny. Man, um, I don't so know if that's cool. a good story, but it just, yeah. goes, I don't know. I, I think it just goes a to show that story. people really like showmanship, uh, especially if they're not musicians. They don't really know what you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. If it
1: looks cool, then hey, man. <laughs> then it
2: sounds cool. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. Uh, yeah. So we, we yeah. just have some. Uh, These are just like little fun questions yeah. to finish it up here. Nothing so. serious.
0: Oh, well, we got maybe one, but. <laughs> the the first one we always ask and it's always the best question do you sing in the shower and if so what song man <laughs> i don't
2: know why we always ask this one. <laughs> it's, it's not the like... best one <laughs> uh, <laughs> i de- okay i don't i would say i always sing in the shower but when i do when i do i would sing like i sing like alicia keys or something like that mm. you know like oh okay like I can't actually sing it, but like it just, yeah, it yeah. just—I don't know. Lisha Keys just hits, man. I love her vocals. She's an incredible yeah, artist. She's got that uh, like sad uh, shower uh, music. music, like a uh, Ariana Grande. I knew. Oh, Ariana Grande <laughs> too. Yep. Big into. Yup, yeah. yep, yep, her too. Uh, how how can I forget? I feel so rude. Yeah, oh, yeah no, I love Ariana, Ari. You guys <laughs> ever watch uh, her um, her thing with Domi and J D Beck? Yes, That's oh my gosh, so cool. it slaps. Yes. Yep.
0: Um. Let's see what else we got here. What's the most useless talent you have?
2: I can solve a Rubik's cube in like 35 seconds. No way. That's not
0: useless, man. That's that
2: sounds sick. No, no it's useless because if, if I want to compete, it's got to be like under like six seconds. I'm never yeah. going to get there. Well, I mean, I might, but I don't think I Dude, could. I,
1: well, I know um, some kid who went to our high school and I was friends with him like in middle school. Um, he held like the world record for a little bit. Yeah. For like how That's fast cool. you can solve a Ruby's cube. Yeah. And, it's and insane. didn't he also do like yo-yos and stuff too? He might do like yo-yo tricks yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah,
2: that that, that kind of stuff And is then like cool. cup it's... stacking, those are like the three like oh dude like yes. things under under that like niche. Cup dude, stacking. Yeah. My
0: my niece is doing that in like elementary school. Did you guys also have that as like a, a unit in your school?
1: Like a PE unit, yes. Like a PE stacking.
0: unit was like cup stacking.
1: That's so funny.
0: It was crazy. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> That's
2: funny. That's
1: funny. Got mm. one more. Two more. Uh, let's see. I'm looking. If you can find a good one. Uh, yeah,
0: dude. Where is the your f- most favorite place you've performed?
2: Oh, uh, House of Blues. I performed at the House, House of Blues of when school. I was a senior in high school. It was really cool. Yeah.
1: That's sick uh if you could let's do this one if you could open for any musician who would it be ariana grande (laughs) honestly open for
2: yeah dude honestly oh man i think it would have to be someone like that like Ariana Grande or like Beyonce, Bruno oh, Mars, yeah. Beyonce, so like at the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, <Yeah. Dude. laughs> anything Kabir you want, man. at the Super Bowl, bro. You ever hear the drummers on those like at the Super Bowl? Like it was like oh, Six really? Taylor. Oh my god, man! Crazy. Well,
1: I, even I just saw like uh, uh, on the Grammys, I saw Nate Smith playing yeah. along with someone at the Grammys and I was like, Wait,
2: is that like who I think
1: it is? Like, <laughs> Nate it was so Smith, so cool. He's he. One of my favorite drummers, maybe oh, my yeah. favorite drummer. I don't know. We can get into that <laughs> later, time, not on yeah. the podcast, but
0: it's great yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's gonna wrap up stuff today. Um, do you have like just like plug all the stuff that you want and whether that be personal, you know, your band stuff, Instagram, Facebook's,
2: do it. Uh at Kabir Drums. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my Instagram, YouTube which I'm going to try posting more on soon. I'm a little inconsistent. Got a couple of things on there, though. Um, what else? Facebook. You can add me on Facebook if you want. <laughs> uh, Kabir Dallawari. Um Band social media-wise, we we're, we're not really up there yet, but we will. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing worth plugging, I have, I have my recital, senior recital coming up. Yeah. April seventeenth. Which yeah. I haven't really I haven't really started promoting that at all yet. So you guys are the first to hear about that. Ooh. April seventeenth. Four pm at piano forte. April seventeenth. Uh all original stuff of mine. So that'll be pretty cool, I think. Um I'm I'm hyped for that. That's the next that. big thing though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um and maybe an album this summer with my original Ooh. stuff too. Oh that's another goal. That's another goal. Before I go to grad school. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Get one went out um but yeah just again thanks so much for for joining us here I think we had a lot yeah, of it was fun. fun thanks guys yeah um
2: yeah sorry if i rambled too much i tend to do no that no I no dude, it,
0: it's perfect we that's the whole reason we do this and we love people that just ramble because that's that's like you know we don't want to use this just for like you know information we also want to use yeah. this to share others passions because you know we can talk about our passion that's cool you know our, our names on the sign whatever but like other people who are just like daily drummers or big time you know we,
2: we want to share that too so thank you yeah man yeah if there's ever anything you guys want to talk about like a specific topic with me reach out and i like oh, of to course. talk about that topic instead of going here you know yeah yeah <laughs> for sure um but yeah thanks again
1: and uh this has been the drum break podcast i hope everyone has an awesome rest of their week peace out